not like me Maybe we don't agree Maybe that doesn't mean We gotta be enemies Maybe we just get brave Take a big leap of faith Call a truce so me and you Can find a better way Let's take some time, open our eyes Look and listen Yeah And we're gonna find we're more alike Than we are different Hello, this is James Paul White. We are starting a brand new series on the podcast. I am very, very excited. We're going to be talking about the prophecies about Jesus. I may be wondering why this is so important. You see, there were many different writers of Old and New Testament scriptures. Uh, They were all inspired by the Holy Spirit. And they um, wrote down what they were inspired to write. And we, the early church put it together, and we now have the Bible. But the key is to understand that even if just eight of these prophecies came true, the odds are so astronomical that... Um, It's almost impossible for it to happen, but it did. And there are over 300 prophecies about Jesus, and all of them came true. But we're in this series, we're going to talk about 55, and I have to, of course, if you quote something or you borrow something from from somebody, you have to honor your sources. And I got this off the web from the Jesus Film Project. Now, granted, on their website, they use the NIV, I... Uh, we'll be using mainly the New King James Version of the Bible. There will be a, f- a few of these. I will, and I'll, if I read it from the NIV, I'll let you know. But today, um, just kind of give, going to give some general, um, just kind of lay the groundwork here for what's coming up over the next six to eight weeks. I don't know how long this is going to take us. Um. But there will be four key areas that we're going to talk about. Number one, we're going to talk about Jesus' birth. Second, we'll talk about Jesus' ministry. Third, we'll talk about Jesus' death and resurrection. And number four, we'll talk about Jesus' role in the church. So this is extremely important because the the story of Jesus Christ isn't some made-up fairy tale or fable or anything like that. This is uh, something that was predicted hundreds of years in advance and um, all of it came true. Every single prophecy. So, and uh, by the way, this will probably go a little bit longer than 30 minutes. Um, But I really think it's important for us to get through at least, let's see here. We're only going to cover eight prophecies about uh, 
Jesus' birth. Um, I don't know, this may take a week, this may take two weeks just to cover Jesus' birth, but we'll see. Uh, I do have all the verses written out, so um, if you need to pause just to flip to uh, the scripture that I'm reading, that's fine. Uh, you can do that. Um, I, I, I honestly, and I'm not sponsored in any way by them, I, I've been using the Takarta app for quite a while. And, uh, oh gosh, at least 10 years. So... If you got your app on your phone, you can follow along with that. If uh, you got a, a regular Bible, you can do that as well. Uh, the first prophecy about Jesus' birth is, is that the nations will be blessed through Abraham's lineage. This comes from Genesis 12.3. The Bible says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now understand that this is the first Genesis 12 is the first time that God speaks to Abraham that we know of. And, you know, his name was Abram at the time, but his name was later changed to Abraham. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people look at Genesis and they're like, well, you know, they question the beginning and all that and whether the first 12 chapters actually literally happened or not. And I, I want you to pay attention to the fact that, you know, Genesis 1 through, chapters 1 through 11 focus on the creation, the fall, the flood, and the Tower of Babel. And then from Genesis 12 to 50, it focuses on Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. I truly believe... And my background's narrative theology. Uh, that the the beginning that the, that Genesis wants to focus on is the beginning of the nation of Israel, and that's why it's important that we know that Jesus comes from the line of Abraham. Uh, he is the Jewish Messiah. Now, ultimately, we will talk about this later, but he opened the opportunity for Gentiles to get saved as well. So, it's not just a Jewish thing. Now, Genesis 12.3 is fulfilled in Acts 3.25 and 26. Uh, Peter's preaching, and he says, You are sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. So, Jesus does come from the line of Abraham. Our next verse we're going to talk about, or our next prophecy, is the fact that Jesus also comes from the line of Isaac. And I know it's kind of like, people are like, well, obviously if he came from Abraham, it went from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, but you know, if you're Isaac and you're wondering, you know, is everything my dad told me, is that tr really true? You know, it's, it was I think it was a good thing that, that God pulled 
pulled Isaac aside and t- and told him this. It's just, I think sometimes as human beings we need that reassurance. Uh, prophecy is in Genesis seventeen nineteen. It says, Then God said, No, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. This verse is fulfilled. This prophecy is fulfilled in Romans 9, 7. It says, Nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham, but in Isaac your seed shall be called. So the Bible wants it to be very clear that that. Jesus came through the line of the promise, not through Ishmael. He came through the line of Isaac. Number three, it says, the nations will be blessed through Jacob's offspring. So it goes the, the lineage goes from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, obviously. The prophecy is in Genesis 28, 14, and it says, Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, you shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south, and in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And the fulfillment is in Luke 3.34. It says, Jacob is a part of Jesus' genealogy, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Terah, the son of Nahor. So, No, number four says the scepter will come through Judah. I understand that Jacob had 12 sons. And uh, he initially wanted to marry Rachel. He was tricked by his uncle. To uh, He woke up and uh, there was Leah. And so he ended up having to work another seven years to get Rachel. And then over time, uh, Joseph kind of, Joseph was the favorite of uh, Jacob. And his brothers resented him for it. And so he gets, they were going to kill him. They decided to throw him in a well. And then they're like, well... We should get something out of this. So they sell him to these people that are headed to Egypt. They sell him into slavery. And ultimately, we know the story where where Joseph ends up becoming the number two man in all of Egypt. And he received the the vision. The sun and the moon and the 11 stars bowed down to him. And what it meant was that his family would, would eventually bow down to him. And that did happen. But, you know, sometimes when you get a vision, you shouldn't share it with people. (laughs) Um, The second time they go down for food to Egypt, remember, they had seven years of plenty and then they had seven years of famine. So the second time that the family goes down, of course, they don't know they're dealing with Joseph. Uh... Joseph is kind of mischievous and he sticks this goblet in 
or has this goblet put in one in one of Benjamin's sacks. And then as they're going away, going back up to Canaan, he sends uh, soldiers after them and says, uh, only arrest the one that stole the goblet. Of course, Benjamin didn't steal the goblet. It was planted in his bag. Make a long story short, um, you know, the brothers are upset because, you know, they promised their dad that they would bring Benjamin back alive. And Benjamin is going to be thrown in prison for stealing this goblet. It was Judah that stepped forward. If you look at the scriptures in, in Genesis, it was Judah that stepped forward and said, look, take my life instead of the boy. Take my life. And I believe that God used the, line, the lineage of Judah because of that willingness to sacrifice himself. Um, of course, God already knew that Judah was going to do that, but uh, it, it was a remarkable act of selflessness on the part of, of Judah to do that. And then when Joseph, or when um, Jacob is giving his, um, it was important for the father to give a blessing to each of his kids. And he's talking to each of them, and he says this about Judah in Genesis 14, or, or I'm sorry, 49, verse 10. And it says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. And this was fulfilled in Luke 3.33, which says, Judah is a part of Jesus', Jesus genealogy, the son of Abinadab, the son of Ram, the son of Herzon, the son of Perez, the son of Judah. So, number five, David's offspring will have an eternal kingdom. Now, the prophecy is in 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 and 13. It says, When your days are fulfilled and, your, and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house from my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Of course, um, the fulfillment is Matthew 1.1. 1, 1. It says, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So, now understand there's a bit of confusion on the part of people in the first century because they knew this prophecy. They knew that the Messiah would come from the lineage of King David. And so they were looking for a conquering king rather than looking for a suffering servant, which we'll talk about later when we talk about Isaiah 53. But Jesus is from the lineage of King David, and it was, it was prophesied that he would be. Number six, a virgin will give birth and he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
Um, this is one of the more, uh, I wouldn't say famous, but well-known prophetic um, or prophecies about Jesus. Uh, it comes from Isaiah 7, verse 14. It says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Uh, it's fulfilled in Luke one thirty-five. It says, The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that the, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now understand that um, I'm, I'm trying to be um, I'm trying to approach this in a way that's um, of course I want to honor the scriptures and everything I do. A lot of people have tried to um, reinterpret this over the years that the word uh, translated virgin really means young woman and it's not very um, specific to uh, Mary. But I. I you know, and it's one of those things that's like some people will try to discredit it because they're like, well, virgins don't give birth. Well, when Jesus came to the earth, you know, this was not some ordinary event. And the, the thing you've got to understand about Isaiah is that he lived hundreds of years before Jesus was born. That's the part that really gets me. That's the part that really helps me to see that God looks at things on a big picture. He looks at the big picture, and yet a lot of times we fret over the little details. Now, God's will is going to get done. Um we may not like being uncomfortable at times. You know, when when uh, talking leading into the next one, we're going to talk about how the Messiah will end up in Egypt. You know, how'd you like to be Joseph? You know, here he is. Uh, he he finds the woman that he wants to marry. He gets engaged. And then all of a sudden, she's like, I'm pregnant. You know, and for some people to try to um, some historians have tried to say that, that Jesus' father was a, a Roman soldier. It's just like there, there's I don't know how much in-depth in I want to go into this, but I, I'm just going to talk about it briefly. There, There's a movement, and it's, it really started with, uh, I believe, Rudolf Boltmann, who talked about deconstructing 
scriptures and taking away really trying to take away the miraculous trying to um, pull away all of the supernatural and just getting to what he felt was the heart of Jesus's message and the truth is you can't separate Jesus's message from the supernatural and what happened was a miracle unfortunately it wasn't the kind of miracle that the people in the first century were looking for. Yeah, and understand that people of the first century, you know, the Jewish people had been, I mean, the northern tribes had been conquered by Assyria, and then Judah eventually got conquered by, by Babylon, and then the Medes and Persians took over, and then the Greeks took over, and then there was a little bit of period of time with the Ju with Judas Maccabees and his family where Israel was free for a little while. But then the Romans took over. So it's like, it's been a good amount of time. Oh, excuse me under the leadership and under the control of other countries. And the people desperately wanted someone to come. And they were wanting the Messiah to come and kick the Romans out. And um, instead, they get a virgin giving birth. And, you know, because of King Herod, they end up having to go down to Egypt to hide. But they also ended up fulfilling a prophecy at the same time, because number seven is that the Messiah would end up in Egypt. Prophecy says, when Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. That's Hosea 11.1. 1. Now, the fulfillment's in Matthew 2, verses 13 and 14. Um, this is uh, talking about uh, Joseph. It says, When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and it was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. So, You know, you're looking at, if you just look at the surface level, you're like, well, Herod was jealous that the Messiah was born. He didn't want someone to take his place. And so, <sighs> so he starts looking, has people looking for, for this kid, and they can't find him. And unfortunately, the scriptures say that he had everyone two years and younger killed. A lot of innocent blood was shed that that day. But God had given Joseph a dream to go to Egypt to protect the Messiah, to protect Jesus. So, 
Oh, wow. We'll be able to get through all eight of these. Uh, good. Um, and last, uh, it says uh, the Christ will be born in Bethlehem. The prophecy is in Micah 5.2, which says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. Now the fulfillment is in Matthew 2, verses 4 through 6. It says, And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them, where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is the, thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So, This wasn't a surprise to God. This wasn't an accident. God planned this the whole time. What he was going to do, when he was going to do it. And I just gave you eight. Uh, I really wasn't going to go into this because I, I did it in the video. But if you didn't see the video, that's fine. Um, the odds of... Um, the odds of just eight prophecies about Jesus all coming true, it goes it comes out to like one in ten to the seventeenth power. It's so amazing. But they all came true. Every single one of them. And you have to understand that the prophets that, that spoke those words were not like living down the street from one another. They lived in different time periods. But it was the same Holy Spirit that inspired them to write stuff down. And that's why all of them came true. Now, over the next over coming weeks, we'll talk about the prophecies about Jesus' ministry. We're going to talk about prophecies related to his death and resurrection and then we'll also talk about prophecies related to his role in the church if you really grasp how important this stuff is that that god had a plan from the very beginning and believe me we're going to talk about next uh Next week, the, the, there's a prophecy. The first prophecy about Jesus actually is in Genesis 3.15. And his, he came to the earth to destroy the devil's works. If, when you, if you can truly grasp that God has had a plan the entire time, and that nothing is a surprise to God, nothing just... You know, sneaks up on him out of left field, and that God is in control. If when you truly can grasp that and say, "Yeah, my God is good," 
My circumstances right now may not be all that great, but God is good, and God is in control, and God knows exactly what he's doing. That's why it's important to know stuff like this, is so that when tough times do come, we don't freak out. We don't question how good God is. Because clearly God had a plan when it came to... Uh, when Jesus was going to be born, what family lineage he would have. So I, I, I just would hope and pray that you take good notes and go back and look at these verses and really grasp that our God is good and our God has a plan. And, you know... Now, granted, only God knows when Jesus is coming back the second time, but we will, those of us who are believers, we will get, you know, after the second, literally after the second coming, we'll all look back at this and laugh because some of the things that, that we fret over, oh, of course, you know, when you're going through difficult times, you think that, that it's never going to end. But then once you've gone through it, you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. God really has gotten my attention about this subject because the prophecies that, that are in the Bible have, about, about Jesus have been fulfilled. The other, the other thing that really I, I want to convey to you and kind of express my heart is the fact that because these prophecies came true, you can trust the scriptures. You can trust the Bible. The same Holy Spirit that inspired the prophets to speak in the first place is the same one that was acting and made sure that those things were fulfilled. That's how we know we can trust the scriptures. And that this isn't just some ordinary book filled with good stories. These, you're looking at words, prophetic words that came true. And that God made sure that we would have a Savior, and that we would have a way to where we could have eternal life through Him. And that's what it's all about. That's the most important thing. So, that actually took about 30 minutes. So, um, please let your friends and family know about the podcast. Uh, I do thank those that have been listening. Uh, traffic actually went up last week, so that was a really good thing. So, uh, I hope you guys have a great week, guys and gals. Hope you all have a, a great week. Um, please keep uh, this ministry in your prayers. Uh, I do hope to one day travel and teach the Bible. And uh, you know, right now, just have the just have the podcast and just have the YouTube channel. So we'll see what where God eventually. I hope God will open up some doors for me to, to do that. Um, 
if you're listening to this and you wanting someone to come and uh, teach material like this at your church, um, uh, you can either give me a call, uh, 816-200-4954, or if you have a comment about the podcast, you can send me an email, uh, jamespaulwhite47 at gmail.com. I, like I said, I do hope you have a great week. Take care and God bless.